It's Becca. And this is Ryan. And welcome to Creepology. Okay, hello everybody. Happy Cinco de Mayo. I totally forgot that was today. Everyone at work was talking about margaritas and stuff, and I was like, okay, yeah. Wait, yeah. (laughs) Now I get it. It's just another Wednesday. No, yeah, it's Cinco de Mayo. (laughs) I fully plan on going and getting um, some margs after this. You know, by myself, of course, but um, what else is new? Ryan, how are you? Oh, hanging in there. Same old. (laughs) Yeah, still kind of hate your job? Yep, still hate my job. Um... Everything else is golden, though, so... Oh, good. Yes. Yeah. Any housekeeping? Anything like that we need to go over? I don't think so. Everybody just keep, um, you know, interacting with us on social media. Um, We posted today a cute little graphic that our good friend of the show, Mandy, created for us. And that's going to be your space for the, um, you know, questions of the day, if you want. Again, if we post something in the future that you want to ask a question about, go for it. Please put it under, and it may get may get featured on the show. Um, anything else? I don't think so. I awesome. think that's it. Then. Sweet. Okay. So I think we're going to move on to our question of the day. Um, our question of the day was submitted earlier. I keep saying the word day. Earlier today by at Eclectic Designs by Mandy. Hmm, sounds familiar. Oh, wow, full circle. She does our art and asks our questions. Sounds familiar. Her question that she would like us to answer is, do you think there's a predisposition to serial killers in relation to their life history? I think I'm going to let Ryan go first on this one. Okay. I'm going to say no. I don't think anyone is predisposed to be that violent, or even if it's not necessarily violent, like... I don't know. Like, even if you are born into, like, genetically a body that is more likely to be a serial killer, I feel like if you're raised in the right way, you just adhere to maybe, like, societal rules and, like, you pick up on that stuff easier. So it's almost like you train out of it. Mm -hmm. So I would say it's... And that's even if there is, like, a predisposition, which I don't really know if there is. I I think it happens post-birth think you get kind of messed up and makes you make some bad decisions yeah yeah no I definitely agree um I think the genetics piece of it can play a role um into how a person you know how we could predict potentially how a person is going to act but that kind of violence and depravity for for you know a serial killer or for those that commit really really kind of heinous crimes that kind of stuff and like in my opinion what you know what I've seen what we've talked about in classes and what Ryan had said I do believe that that kind of stuff is taught um you know I I'm somebody who I am very hopeful and I am along the camp that evil is not born it's created um and so I think that a genetic predisposition to a certain kind of mental illness because as we know schizophrenia um other you know other schizophrenia type disorders um, you know, even even some kinds of mania, those can be genetically passed. Um, however, I don't think that there is, you know, if, if Ted Bundy had a child, I don't think that Ted Bundy's child would automatically be a, like 
have the traits of a serial killer just because they were Ted Bundy's child. Um, I think that a childhood or an impressionable personality um, or just somebody who just turned out to be a bad egg um, and feels like they like they're owed something or like the world owes them something um, can all be factors. But I don't I don't really think a predisposition to being a serial killer exists. However, we know that a predisposition to severe mental illness does exist. Um, But as we know. Um, you know, those with serious mental illness are often the victims of violence. Um, they're not typically the ones that perpetrate violence. Um, so, yeah. Any thoughts, Ryan? I, I would just say you could look at it from the other way, too, that even if you are predisposed, you could be born into, like, a really good family that has the means to get you help at, like, an early age and, like, cut it off that way. Right, I yeah. I mean, even even if they are showing signs of, like, early-onset schizophrenia, early-onset psychosis, something like... Well, and, I mean, a lot of serial killers, you know, don't even necessarily have a form of psychosis. Um, they just are... have hard times telling right from wrong. Um, but, yeah, I think... I think a genetic predisposition to bad things happening... We know that getting hit in the head at a young age and affecting your prefrontal cortex, we know that can affect it. Um, And we also know that coming from a bad home with people that probably shouldn't have been parents. um, Like I can think of Charles Manson's mom who literally sold him for a pitcher of beer. Um, Like like I'm thinking of those kinds of people. It's very sad, um, but it also there's also been people that have been raised in really bad homes and have made wonderful lives for themselves. Um, so it can go either way, honestly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, let us know what you think. Um, let us know if you know if you've had any experience with this. If you are an expert in the field and wanna and wanna weigh in on it, please do. Um, you know, we are not the end all be all for this subject by any means. Um, but without further ado, Ryan, do you have a segue? Oh, Jesus. Um, huh. Predisposition of serial killers to what we're going to talk about today. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, some serial killers, Becca, you know, they just never get caught. People never see the signs. And so there could be serial killers out there today on the loose that have killed people and gotten away with it which might be one of the explanations for today's case which is the missing girls of panama or the missing panama girls yeah the missing girls of panama missing panama girls um excellent segue ryan very well done very good very well very goodly i almost said very goodly very goodly very very goodly executed um we are going to be talking about the deaths of Chris Kramers and Lisanne Froon. Um, now, just a personal note, this story is one that has like really just messed with my head because like I it's one of those that I like I desperately want to know what happened um for my own like creepy curiosity because it's I, like the like, ap- opposite of an I survived where you're just like left with so many questions right yeah or it's like all those cases of like the missing people in the national parks which we will definitely talk about um there I, I have so many theories as to what happened to this as does the internet 
Um, and it just so happens that I got a lot of my information from a Reddit thread. A really you're really... coming around on Reddit. I'm I'm feeling it. What do you mean? In what was it, Slenderman? I think you, which oh, unreleased. Yep. I think you were a smack talking Reddit a little bit, but now I think the past two episodes you've done some Reddit. No, deep no, no, dives. no, 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 no. Listen, listen, listen. I didn't smack talk Reddit. I said a. I don't know how to use it, and B. <laughs> I just don't think that young children should be on Reddit. That's what okay. I said. That's what I okay. said. I Fair did enough. not. I only use Reddit when I'm playing Animal Crossing and I want to sell my turnips. That's the only reason why I use Reddit. And yes, I I do play Animal Crossing very frequently. Still, still, I still play Animal Crossing. I I have kind of turned my attentions more towards The Sims. Um, like I've been playing a lot of Sims. What? I love The Sims. <laughs> I'll get on, give myself a million dollars, build a really nice house, and then never touch it again. Right, right. Yeah, I am very much like I, so I, I follow a bunch of YouTubers that do like shell challenges where they'll build a beautiful exterior of a house and then I get to play interior oh, designer. Oh, you get to decorate it. And oh, I just I decorate the inside of it. However, I think that we should probably talk about this gruesome death. Um, so Chris Kramer's age 21 was described, stop laughing. <laughs> We support the Sims and murder. murder. Back to the story. (laughs) I do not support murder. I need to put that out there. I do not support murder. Um, Chris Kramer's age 21 was described as an open, creative, and responsible individual. She graduated with a degree in cultural social education, specializing in art education, which I just think is very wholesome. Yeah. Um, Lisanne Froon. Um, age 22 was described as aspiring, optimistic, intelligent, and passionate. She also was a pretty avid volleyball player. And um, right before they went on this trip, she had graduated with a degree in applied psychology. So shout out to my psychology sister. Um, both of the girls had grown up in Amserfort. I think I pronounced that correctly. I looked it up. Um, in, in the Netherlands, um, which the Netherlands are beautiful. Um, I went when I was 13 and probably did not appreciate it. I wish I could go back. Um, I have a picture of myself wearing giant clogs um, hidden away somewhere in my archives of photos. Well, now we got to post it. Yeah, I'll try to find it. It's very, it's very weird. They're like, like, they're like five foot long, like pairs of clogs. It's, 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 it's a lot. It's what a 13 year old would do if you go to the Netherlands. Anyway, only a few weeks prior to leaving for Panama, however, Lee San had moved in with Chris in a dorm room in Amsfort, and they had worked together at a cafe. Just like, that just sounds like such like cutesy, like romance novel. I don't know. That just sounds adorable to me. Um, They had been saving for six months and planned to go to Panama together to learn Spanish, as well as volunteering with the children in the area. Which, oh, they were just... Very pure. They just sounded like such nice people, and it just breaks my heart. Um, In March of 2014, they finally got to Panama, and after spending two weeks um, in the capital city, they were headed for the town of Boquette, Then, and they were going to be staying with a host family while they were volunteering with the children. And they were going to be spending about a month uh, total in Panama, So on April 1st, at about 11 a.m., the two girls went hiking near the clouded forest that surrounded the Baru volcano. 
on the El Pianista Trail. I think again, I said that right. Not far from Boquette. Now, some sources say that they took a dog with them. Um, the dog's name was Blue, from what I read. Um, and this was the dog. I know. Yeah, Ryan's looking at me because I, I had a story about a dog named Blue earlier. Um, that this was the dog of the host family. So, like, um, the family that they had been staying with, and they decided to take this dog with them. That same day, they also wrote on Facebook that they had intended to walk around Boquette. And this was also corroborated because they were seen having brunch with two young Dutchmen before going on the trail. I don't know how we know that they were Dutchmen. I'm not really sure. I just, that was a detail in all the things that I've read. Um, but they were seen out and about with two men before going on the trail. Do those two men come back and play a part at all? I can't see anywhere where they were like interviewed or anything like that. I, that is a good question. And I honestly don't know. I don't know if they were interviewed. I don't know if they were ever found. Like, because several witnesses noticed these two girls having brunch. Um, and I guess they posted on Facebook about it, but I don't really know um, if they ever came back. At least in my like in my news articles and stuff I read, I don't I don't really think I ever I ever heard of them. But later that evening, alarm bells went off in the town of Boquette because the dog came back without the young women. So the dog survived and the dog came home. However, the two girls were never going to be seen again. Lee Sand's parents stopped receiving messages from their daughter altogether. Because I, I guess Kristen, Chris and Lisanne had been texting their parents about once every day, just letting them know they're okay, letting them know their itinerary. Um, but these messages had stopped completely. On the morning of April 2nd, Chris and Lisanne were supposed to um, meet with a guide. However, they missed this appointment and were not seen. Confused, the guide went to the host family to see what was going on and the, and the ladies were not there. In fact, most of their belongings were still there and had been left prior to their disappearance, but the two women did have their cell phones on them. So, panic I, began... Did the host family not notice this a little bit sooner? I mean, like, oh, where are they? I don't really know. Um, from what we know of the aftermath, they may have taken a small amount of stuff that if they had to camp, they could... Or maybe they were just, you know, maybe they were just the, they had been coming in and out so frequently that the host family wouldn't have noticed. Mm. But I mean, the host family were the ones that noticed that the dog came back that night without the women. So I don't really know why the host family really didn't do anything about it. That's kind of strange to me. Um, But again, it's an unsolved case, so we're not really sure. Um, But panic began to seep in with everybody that was coming in contact with these girls so the police were finally contacted again it's been two days um i don't really know why the police weren't contacted but again i don't really know much about what happens in panama but an extensive search did begin on april 3rd and it wasn't just like local people farmers um you know people that lived out on the trails but like detectives search dogs helicopters and so many more um you know units of people were coming in for this search Um, And this went on for about three days. On April 6th, the parents of the girls arrived along with police, dog units, and detectives from the Netherlands to conduct a full search for 10 days. 
Their parents also offered a $30,000 American dollar reward for any information leading to their whereabouts. The search lasted for about 10 days, but no trace of Chris and Lee Sand were found. And we're going to come back and talk about the investigation right after this. All right, so before the break, Becca walked us through what these two girls were doing in Panama and the events leading up to their disappearance. And now she's going to walk us through the actual investigation. Yeah, so basically these two, you know, really nice girls went to Panama just to do some good charity work, do some hiking, a trip they'd saved up for like six months for, and went on a hike, never came back. Um, Ten weeks after the 10-day search, on June 14th, a local woman turned in Lisanne's blue backpack that she found on a riverbank near the village of Alto Romero. Um, she had said that she was sure that it had not been there the day before. So from what it sounds like, this woman had been out and about the day prior and did not see a backpack the next day, a backpack. But okay, let's, let's, let's remember that right now. So one day it was there or one day it wasn't there. The next day it was the backpack contained two pairs of sunglasses, 83 American dollars in cash or no. Not American dollars. It said American dollars. That amount. That amount. That, like, in the equivalent of 83 American dollars. Um, Lee Sands passport, a water bottle, Lee Sands camera, two bras, and the woman's phones. But here's the creepy thing. Everything in that backpack was in pristine condition. And I read that the backpack itself was actually in... Yeah. Like, immaculate condition. Like, it wasn't soggy. It wasn't wet. Like, it hadn't, like, fallen on the riverbank. It wasn't dusty. Like, it was very... So it's not like it had floated down the river no. or anything like that. No, it was like it, like somebody had somebody had placed this there. Um, there was also, and, and this was debunked actually last year, originally in, in an article that I read that came out very, like, very soon after the finding of the backpack, somebody had said that a pair of shorts was found folded, like Chris's shorts were found folded on another rock, but that was debunked. That that did not, that wasn't a thing. Okay. Because um, I had seen a lot of stuff and, and actually another podcast I listened to had talked about the shorts, but I, I read another article that the Reddit thread actually led me to that said that the shorts thing was debunked. So that was just on some report somewhere, but it's not true. The really, really heartbreaking thing about finding this backpack was that these two girls, if this is where, you know, they they perished, um, they were really not far away from the village. They were not very far. You know, they would have been able to get help if they would have been able to get closer to the village. But I also have some, some suspicions about how close that this stuff was to the village. We'll come back to that at the end. Um, the phones were very interesting and very creepy. Um, the phones showed that just hours after the beginning of the hike, somebody called both 911, which is the you know international line for emergencies, and 112, which is the Panamanian emergency number. So these girls had enough wherewithal to call the number for Panama, too, the emergency services number in Panama. However, neither of these calls actually went through and made contact with somebody. Overall, 
The phones remained in service for almost 10 days after they disappeared. Over the next four days after the first initial calls went out, 77 77 separate attempts had been made to call the police. One of these calls actually managed to make contact, but broke up after about two seconds, which again, like just like, like makes my stomach like to a flip like that. Ugh, that's like, well, just because imagine what they felt. It's like, oh, finally we got through to someone and it cuts off. Right. Yeah. And I also wonder, though, like what the emergency services like like situation is in Panama versus in America, because I know that if you do actually make contact with 911 after you get service, they still are able to pick up your number and call you back. So I'm wondering if they were like, if that's just not how that system works over there, or if they were just so deep in the jungle that nobody would have been able to make a call back to them. Um, well, yeah, if they're not able to call out, I don't think anyone would be able to call back and connect to their phones. Right, yeah. And from what I read, like the jungle that they were in, like was not for the faint of heart. Like they, it was very cloudy, like almost like, I'm, I'm picturing like Mirkwood from like Lord of the Rings. Like, kind of very dark, very dense. It's not obviously, like, there's no, like, giant spiders or, like, magic in it. But actually, there might be giant spiders. I'm not sure. Um, probably, actually. Probably, actually, yeah. Um, so, the first distress call on that first day was made by Chris's phone at 3.49 p.m. And shortly after that, and shortly after, another call was attempted to be made from Lisanne's phone at 4.51 p.m. So the girls, you know, I think on that first day, what happened, you know, they they realized they were lost. Chris made a call, didn't get through. So they were going to go wait a little bit. And then Lisa Ann tried to make a call and it also didn't go through. On April 4th, remember four days after they went out on the hike, Lisa Ann's phone battery died at 5 a.m. And the phone was never used again. Chris's phone would not make more calls However, it was turned off and on, presumably to search for reception. Now, I don't know why, but this part just really creeps me the hell out. Between April 5th and 11th, Chris's phone, her iPhone, was turned on multiple times, but without ever entering the correct PIN number. I don't know why that creeps me out so much, but... Well, because it means it, like, to me, that says it wasn't one of them. Right. Including several times in which the incorrect pin was tapped in. So, someone was trying to get into Chris's iPhone. And I have some thoughts on that. We'll get to it at the end. But, so these girls, try for four days, there are 77 attempts to call for help. And then after after those four days... The iPhone was switched on and off multiple times and several incorrect pins were added into the phone. That's really creepy to me. On April 11th, the phone was then turned on at 10.51 a.m. and was turned off for the last time at 11.56 a.m. The phone never turned back on. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. So, gone through the phones, figured out the phone stuff. Remember the camera? I do. The camera had even creepier information on it. Okay, so this camera, super creepy also. The photos are very scary. We will not post them, honestly, because they terrify me. I will, I would, 
it's it's not that the content of the photos itself is creepy. It's just knowing that these girls were never found is what's creepy. Okay. I digress. Lee Sand's camera contained photos from April 1st depicting the women on the trail at the overlook of the Continental Divide and showed that they had wandered into some wilderness before the first attempt to call for help. But there wasn't really a lot of signs of anything unusual. These photos show the two being really happy and having fun on their vacation. But experts noted that this is where, you know, why it was concerning because the area that they were in, most tourists require a guide. Like that area by the Continental Divide and going off of that trail is very, very difficult terrain and requires the help of a guide if you don't know the area. And at least from some of the reports that I was reading on Reddit. Um, Now, there's a trail at the Continental Divide that tourists do use. However, these photos were showing that these girls may not have been on that trail. And this is where we start to see that they might have been lost. Um, On April April 8th, the memory card shows that 90 flash photos were taken between 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. They appeared to be very deep in the jungle and in near and in near complete darkness. So that's why I said earlier that this forest kind of reminds me of Mirkwood, because they were in such densely packed forest that the light was not getting in at 1 p.m., like in the middle of the day. Um, Yikes. And it's very scary to think about parts of our world, like that forest or that dark. Like that's very scary to me. Um, a few of the photos show that it was possible that they were near a river or some kind of ravine. And there are some photos that also show twigs broken. They also were some weird pictures that showed like plastic bags, gum wrappers, and also some like weird like mounds of mud, like really weird shaped like piles of mud in areas. Um, There was also another few photos in the series that showed what looked like toilet paper and also like a comp, like a piece of a mirror on a rock, like that that had been placed there. Like I said, and I I looked through the photos. The series, these are just really strange pictures. There was another picture that showed the back of Chris's head, um, and we know that it's Chris because Chris was known for having this really beautiful strawberry blonde hair. Um, however, it kind of looked like her head was turned to the side because you can see her temple, and there's um there's a there are people that say it's blood. Some people say it's mud. I, I think it's personally blood because the color is too dark um, for it to be anything else, in my opinion. But that's like the last photo that really shows anything in that series. Um, and so kind of the theory behind these photos is that the flash button was left on on purpose in order to try to get light. Because you know how when you press a photo on like an old kind of camera, like a, the photo button, it kind of like flashes once and then flashes again. Um, some believe that they were using the flash to either to get light in the area or even to signal for help. And again, that's going to come into play when we discuss theories at the end. Um, and then I am going to discuss the remains that were found as well as some theories behind what happened right after this break. Okay, 
Okay, welcome back, friends. So, real quick, sidebar, like I talked about at the beginning of the show, we are recording during Cinco de Mayo. So, during our break, I was obviously placing an order for some tacos and margaritas. Well, burrito and margaritas. And I, Ryan was talking about how he was, like, trying something with DoorDash, where he gets, like, $10 off of his order or whatever. And I was like, no, nah, I got beef with DoorDash. And he was like, Becca, why do you have beef with DoorDash? I'll tell you why I have beef with DoorDash. So picture this. Picture this. What it's, am I picturing? It's the holiday season. It's, you know, it's it's the night before I leave to go home for Christmas break. It's been a tough semester. It's been a tough couple of weeks at work. What do I do? I order Chipotle. Naturally. And chi- naturally. And Chipotle uses DoorDash to deliver their food if you order from the app. Totally fine. Done it before. Never had a problem. So I live on the third floor and I asked and I put in my little tip thing. Like I was like, hey, would you mind coming up and just leaving um, like the food right in front of my door? And, you know, thank you very much. Whatever. So was this I, during COVID? Um, it was right at the end of December. So I said optional. I said, and, and I was willing, like, I was like, if it's possible, can you come up here? If not, I'll come and get it. It was really cold outside. So I didn't like really, I didn't know if I wanted to go and meet him outside. I just put it, just, I wanted to be, I, whatever. So he, I, I see that the dasher is here, but he's not called me, nothing. My, my buzzer hasn't rung, nothing. So I call him, he doesn't answer. So I call him again and he's like, yo, I'm outside, come get your food. And I asked, I was like, are you okay with coming up in my building? And he's like, no, you gotta come get it. And I was like, okay, sure, fine, whatever. So I'm like, put on, put on pants. I put on my sweatshirt and I'm like hobbling down the stairs to go and get my food. And I walk out and there's like a huge window so I can see out into the street. And all of a sudden I see the back window of the car roll down very like slightly and I see somebody's hand come out just palming my burrito bowl in their hand like it's like he has like placed it in his no like out of the bag the bowl is in his hand he sticks his arm out the window of my car and chucks the burrito bowl straight to the sidewalk here's your trash food you gremlin and, and I'm like, I'm just standing there in my, like, I'm just, I'm in disbelief. Like this man just threw my food all over the floor. I have photos. Don't worry, Ryan. I'm going to show them to you right now. Um, well, you got to post these too. We got you yeah. and clogs and a sad burrito bowl right now. <laughs> Guys, the burrito bowl picture is so sad. Um, I was really upset about it. It was all like, I, I tweeted about it. Chipotle tweeted me back. It was a whole thing. Um, where is it? Where is it? Where's she at? Where's she at? Where's she at? Oh, here it is. All right. Before you show me, I want it to have landed upside down. Did it? Um, no. Did the lid come off? Is that what I the saw? Lid, the lid come off and all the cheese was like stuck to the lid. So all the food then stuck to the cheese was like under the lid. Yeah. <laughs> Not in the Do dirt. I... Not even the sidewalk. It's just in no. the dirt. Here's the view from my apartment. <laughs> you left it there? Well, no. I went and I, I, t- I took a picture from my apartment, and then I took this picture, and then I cleaned it up. Um, 
But safe to say, um, I obviously called Chipotle support line very upset and they refunded my order, which I knew they would. That's why I wasn't upset because I was like, I know they're going to refund my order. Um, I'm just like, and, and the, actually the manager of that Chipotle called me and she was like, I'm so sorry. Oh, that's like, really good customer like, support. Good yeah, for them. It was, it was really nice. And then she, she gave me some like coupons for free, um, for like some free entrees. So that's my beef with DoorDash. I haven't ordered from them again. Um, we'll, we'll see if, if I, if I ever cave. Um, but yeah, that's my beef with them. Speaking of Central um, American cuisine, how about oh these God. Panama girls? <laughs> Oh my God, these Panama girls. Yeah, I'm sure this next topic is really going to make you want to eat some food. Um, so the discovery, so right before the break, we had been talking about the camera, the backpack, um, and the phones, and all the creepy information that we got from these things. So the discovery of the backpack led to a new revitalized search in the jungle of the girls, what happened to the girls. Like I talked about previously, Chris's denim shorts were found on top of a rock on the opposite bank of the Serpent River, a few a few kilometers from where the backpack had been discovered. What kind of overalls does Mario wear? What kind of what, Ryan? Denim, denim, denim. Please proceed <laughs> with the story. <laughs> oh, I'm seeing stars. I laugh too hard. <laughs> expect me to just like get back to get back to the stuff <laughs> you said denim shorts i'm trying to participate <laughs> so so they found chris's denim shorts <sighs> and like i said before um it it was it was speculated that these shorts had been folded however that's been debunked they were just found on like top of a rock across like the the river from um like from the backpack. Oh, so they did find the shorts. It's just it it's not like someone placed them there though. It's not like yeah, it's not like they were kind of like folded in half like people which would have been creepier cuz that's that's more deliberate in right. my opinion. Um so 2 months later, um after the start of the search, very close to where the backpack was found, a pelvis bone had been found that had been chemically bleached. And this was a question we had because I saw in the outline that they found bones that had been bleached. And I'm like, well, had they just been like sun bleached from sitting in the like outside for so long? But no, apparently these were actually like chemically put into bleach and bleached. Yeah. And this was not the only bone that they found that had been bleached. Um, they also, uh, God, and this this just this 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 is awful. They found a boot with a foot inside. Gross. A foot still inside, which according to some according to a Reddit user, that's not very uncommon for a person's ankle to disarticulate with under extreme pressure. Um like or in a severe injury because the ankle joint is weak compared to the rest of the body and so and so in 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 the span of an injury it's a lot more like likely or plausible that somebody's whole ass foot's just gonna fall right off um because the joint there is not is not as strong um both of these bones belong to lisa and um some of the skin was also still attached to the foot 
um, and was in the early stage of decomposition, which made it really hard for them to determine the actual time of death. But I, I just, I want, I want to stop for a second and think about like, okay, so from the timeline that I'm understanding, the backpack was found first. They went back and looked and then the shorts were found. And then they went back and looked and then the foot and the pelvic bone was found. Well, and something to think about too is the skin was in early stages of decomposition. We're, we're 10 weeks later. 10 weeks, 10 weeks and then two months. So like the, the, the backpack was found 10 weeks later and then it took them two more months to find the pelvic bone in the foot. So it's almost four months. Almost four months. Yeah. So that means like, how is the skin still fresh? How is the skin, how is the skin still fresh? And why was the pelvic bone bleached? Creepy. That's really creepy. Um, Soon after they found the pelvic bone in the foot, 33 widely scattered bones were discovered around the same riverbank. DNA testing confirmed that the bones belonged to both of the women. Um, It was worth noting that some of Lee Sand's bones still had the skin attached to them. However, some or both, like some of Chris and Lee Sand's bones were bleached other than that pelvic bone. Like, that, is, that, that part of it is so strange. Um, but to make, to make it even worse, a Panamanian, which love that term for them, Panamanian forensic scientist later claimed that when the bones were analyzed, quote, there was no discernible scratches of any kind on the bones, neither of natural nor cultural or- origin. There are no marks on the bones at all. These remains were found 12 hours away from where they set out on their hike. 12 hours by foot. Oh, by foot. Yeah, that's. I feel like that's not actually that far. Like. Oh, no, I was saying it as a pun because they found a boot oh, with a foot in it. Becca, poor taste, making jokes during the podcast. I'm Unbelievable. sorry. That was, that, that was just, I really put my foot in my mouth with that one. Okay. Uh, okay you gotta make jokes about this stuff you got to okay so uh what the hell happened ryan cannibals that's my guess cannibals plausible um i mean would explain why they were bleached um so it's worth noting that foul play has not been ruled out entirely um Some have speculated that those flash photos that were used could have been used to take a photo of someone or something hurting them. There's also this really, really creepy theory, um, also known as the mysterious photo number 509. So when somebody takes photos on a camera, there's a memory card. And these photos are kept in a series and and they're numbered and they're labeled. When one deletes one's photo, that photo does not disappear off the hard drive of the of the camera. However, photo number 509 was missing from the camera entirely. It somehow got deleted. This photo would have been located between the last daylight photo taken on April 1st and the first 
photo in the nighttime flash series on April 8th. And this photo has never been recovered despite technology. What the fuck? Yeah, it's very hard to permanently delete anything. Right. So there is an eight-day span where this photo could have felt like like fallen in the series. And I just think it's really sus that um, between the last photo of them happy alive in the daytime to that nighttime creepy flash series, this photo was re- deleted and never recovered. Mm-hmm. Like that, that doesn't make any sense to me. Um, I don't really understand that. I don't really understand like how that was able to happen. Um, so it's a, there's a theory that the attacker or something happened or like something important was on that photo and that photo got deleted. Um, and I don't think that Chris or Lisanne would have had the wherewithal to delete that permanently, but that's just my opinion. Well, and then um, my thing though, is if you're the killer, why not just take the camera? Right. Or the phones or the money. Yeah. Like there are so many things like in that, that's so strange um, there's, of course, the theory of the elements, um, you know, the, you know, the, there are parasites in the water, dysentery viruses, toxic plants and fruits, venomous animals or insects. It's very likely that they could have died from exposure and falling predator to the elements or to some animal to um, falling, falling prey to the elements. I don't no, know what falling I, predator the No, is. no, Ryan. Ryan, I meant falling predator. Falling prey to the elements. <laughs> they also were not the most experienced hikers, and they were unfamiliar with the area, making starvation and dehydration very possible. Um, so some have said that maybe they got lost, couldn't find safe water and food to live off of, and could no longer think logically due to injury, delirium, exhaustion, or it's possible that given that photo of Chris's head that they were injured badly and died. So let's think about the phone, the phones for a second. Let's go back to the phones. It's very possible that those incorrect pin um, attempts was Lisan trying to get into Chris's phone to call for help. Would they not have told each other the passwords? Right. You'd think that we're going on this, like, basically survival trip. Like, you could have just taken the pin off the phone or something. Or at the point they realized they needed help, I'd be like, this is the pat Because they obviously were leveraging each other's phones by, like, turning one off after one died. So, like, maybe share the pin number. (laughs) Right. Exactly. So, it's possible that, you know, that Lee San was trying to get into Chris's phone. Chris was either incapacitated, she could have been dead, um, she could have been really hurt. It's also possible that Lee San was also delirious, exhausted, injured, and also couldn't get the pin number incorrectly. I don't think so though. I think that that was, I think that that was, so I think that was another person in my opinion. Yeah. Um, that brings us to the foul play theory. Um, and all of these theories come from Reddit. Um, the first thing is, and somebody pointed this out, is that there were no goodbye messages. Typically, when people know that it's hopeless and that they'll die, they leave behind goodbye messages to their loved ones. 
This is done to let their loved ones know that they love them and to explain how they got into that life-threatening situation. Like, let's think of the 127 hours guy. He took goodbye videos of himself before he ended up, you know, getting himself out of that situation. Typically, people write something down. In this case, the girls could have very easily made a goodbye video with their camera or the cell phones. At the very least, they could have taken photos of themselves on their camera or on their cell phones. Like, something to let their families know. Like, these girls were texting their parents every single day to let them know that they were okay. And we're just supposed to believe that out of nowhere, they just stopped. Mm-hmm. No photos, nothing. Um, the only reason, you know, the girls didn't leave any goodbye messages is that they weren't able to. Right. However, given that the quote other they can take 90 photos on the seventh day after disappearing, it shows that quote they could have very easily left a goodbye message. So like these, these girls taking photos, they're terrified, they're doing all of this. Why didn't somebody turn the camera around and take a photo of themselves, take a video? It's very sus in my opinion. Um, so what this theory suggests is that somebody found them, did something bad to them, and that it's possible that those dark photos were either taken by Lisanne, because Chris is obviously hurt in that photo, by taken by Lisanne, or it could have been taken by the murderer. And just placing really weird things, trying to throw people off, and I'm not really sure. Um, it may have also been that Lee San and Chris got a picture of whatever or whoever was harming them. And that's why that photo was deleted. Yeah. Um, so here, here are my unanswered questions <laughs> and by no means, Ryan, do you have to sit here and answer all of them? But he, here are my questions. There's a lot of them. Number one, why were some of the bones bleached? Just why? Like that doesn't make any sense to me. Number two. Why was the backpack dry, undamaged, and the contents untouched? Also, does it make any sense? Number three, um, why was that photo deleted? What the hell happened there? How did that happen? Was that a fluke? Was that a glitch in the, in the, in the camera? Not really sure. Who was trying to get into the phone? Was Chris incapacitated or dead and Lee San was trying to use it? Was it the murderer or murderers? Not really sure. Somebody tried to ask, like, if it was, like, a monkey or something. But, like, no. Like, that doesn't make any sense. Um, I That that theory honestly made me laugh. No way. Um, but also, since that backpack was within a shorter distance to that village, did somebody from the village or somebody trolling for hikers find them and murder them? Were they heading to the village and died before they got there? Maybe they saw signs of life and were heading towards the village and died from exposure. It's possible. Um, I don't know. I have a lot of questions and answers. Ryan, what do you think? What I'm hung up on currently is you talked to, I think you mentioned it earlier on the show that like people go missing in state parks and it's like, cause feral people abduct them and eat them in the mountains and stuff like that. Obviously that's, yeah, that's the truth. But I'm th- <laughs> I'm thinking for this, how could it be a feral person? How would they know 
to even tr attempt to enter a pin number how would they know how to go in and delete a picture how would they know about chemically bleaching bones so like i don't think it's something like that yeah so it like to me it sounds like it's someone that had to have had knowledge of modern things which is why i was asking about the guys they were eating brunch with because that's a little suspicious if we never heard yeah. from them again Right, yeah, those guys that she, the guys that she was eating with, or that they were eating with. I also, again, I want to understand why the alarm bells were not sounded earlier. Because I understand if, like, you know, everybody knew that these girls were going to go hiking. They knew that that was going to happen. But they also, again, they knew that they were going hiking. So why did nobody call anybody as soon as that dog came back by themselves? Yeah, and, like, not to get very... I mean, it's appropriate for this podcast, but, like, very conspiratorial, but, like, maybe the whole village was in on it in a way because, like, the one woman found the backpack conveniently that apparently right. hadn't been there and she brought it to the cops, but it was, like, so long after the fact. Yeah. Um, and then the host family didn't call the police until days later, and I don't even know if they were the ones that for sure initiated that contact. I don't think they were. No, I think it was the, the guide that they missed the appointment with. Right. So it's like, how come the people from this village aren't, like, stepping forward way sooner? And then how are they getting their hands on all this evidence that yeah. just wasn't there before? So then I'm, I'm wondering maybe if, you know, the people in this village had, had something to do with their deaths. And they baited the cops by, by, giving, by giving them the backpack. And then continued to bait you know, investigators by the shorts and then the pelvic bone and then the foot and then the other bones. Um, because like, again, the bones were not very badly decayed, just like um, Lisanne's foot was not badly decayed. And if you're in the dank, like damp jungle and you've got a, you know, a foot in a, in a boot that is early signs of decay, not even that badly, animals, you're telling me animals haven't gotten to it like insects haven't gotten to it. The elements haven't like like speeded up decomp. Also, where the hell are the rest of them? Well, that's the other thing too. Bones don't float. So like, no. how are these bones just showing up all of a sudden? Like right on the riverbank, yeah. Yeah. And be warned guys, if you search for the crime scene photos, you will see the foot and you will see the pelvic bone and you will see the other bones. So just prepare yourself for that if that's your thing. If not, don't Google it. Um, but I mean, there was yeah. There was one creepy picture I saw where it was one of them. I, I don't know who. Um, but she was standing in like a little, like an alley of forest. I don't know how else to describe it. Um, and I wouldn't have noticed it, but someone like highlighted that there were like, it looked almost like a roof someone had constructed out of sticks. And like, if you brightened up the image, there was like stuff hanging back in it. So it's like they were in like a little makeshift forest house kind of thing. Interesting. Um, so it's like, did they get into some crazy person's little jungle home? I don't know. Right. Or did they end up at some cut? Like, was it like a green inferno situation? Ew. Um, yeah. But then yeah, again, that seen... that goes back to like, I don't know how those people would have uh, operated modern technology. Well, maybe that's why the phone, like the, the pin number kept getting wrong because they don't know how to work the phone. 
But then you can delete a specific picture off of a camera. Right. Right. Yeah. But then you can delete a specific picture. Yeah. I'm and I'm wondering which which makes me wonder if maybe one of Lisanne or um or Chris deleted that picture. Like I took a bad picture. Delete it. It's so bad of me. But like, there's so many of those pictures that don't make any sense. So like, if you're going through and I, for some reason cleaning up your pictures, why only delete one? Right. Yeah. And but all, and also, why is it vanished off of the hard drive of the of the camera? Right. Like that. That's what. That's really strange. Uh, I don't know. This this is one of those stories where I have to like really do my best to like take myself away from it because I will just obsess over the details. Um, you know that like picture of like Charlie Day from Always Sunny. All the strings he, to the different all pictures. The, all the strings. Yeah, that's about how I feel with this case. Um, I don't know. Do Do you think that those Dutch boys has something to do with it more so, or the village? I want to know more about. I just want to know more about the village and then also those two men that they were with. Yeah. It's always men. And I also men. want to know. I want to know. It is. It's always men. Um, I want to know more about the host family too. Yeah. Because if they, if I agreed to let them take my dog on a walk and then only my dog came back, I yeah. would, I would ask some questions. <laughs> yeah. There, some, some flags would be raised, you know, just, just a thought. Um, yeah, well, folks, let us know how you feel about this. Let us know if you have any theories. Um, if you have any um, more information that we missed, please feel free to let us know. Um, thank you again so much for all the lovely support, the follows on social media. It's been really lovely to see. Keep up with those downloads. Keep up with the subscriptions on iTunes. Follow us on Spotify. Um, you can follow us on twitter and instagram at creepology podcast shoot us an email all of this is linked in the show notes as well so yeah all of it's linked in the show notes um yeah tell your friends tell your family tell your cats tell your dogs i don't really care about your hamsters today um (laughs) i know i usually say tell your hamsters i felt like saying something different um and from all of us here at creepology have the day you deserve have the day you deserve (laughs) 